Pastor Brenda. You guys are too much. Give the Lord a big shout this morning. Hallelujah to Jesus. God bless you. Please be seated for just a few minutes. Thank you, Pastor Brenda and Brian, for giving me the privilege of sharing today. Thank you, Pastor Neil, for that introduction, which I didn't need. I feel like I'm family here. You are the sweetest people on the planet. And Mary Jo, I talked to her last night. She said, I wish I could be there. We're on two different itineraries this weekend. She's teaching a school today. And um, and she just loves you, every one of you. And so many of you ask about her. I want to thank Robert Glennon, Mike Davis for your help. They take care of all the details for me, so all I can... All I have to think about is what I'm going to say. Uh, uh, uh. So thank you, Robert and Mike, for that. And Jason and Grace Rogers and John and Judy O'Leary, uh, part of our team yesterday. Thank you so much. And they're here. So grateful. I'm, I'm so grateful to God for so many things. I'm grateful for Cornerstone because I know God has got a really huge plan for this church. And I really believe that this church is going to be a, Brenda prayed, Pastor Brenda prayed about being a hub. I really believe it's going to be a, a center for evangelism, a center for prophetic evangelism. And I believe that there's going to be many, many ministers, prophets, seers raised up right in this church that are going to bless the nations of the world. Even as God said to Abraham, I'll make you a blessing to many nations, cornerstone is already being a blessing. I, I love your missions board out there. I always like going to the missions board and see what churches are doing for missions, and thank you for that. But you are a blessing to many nations, and you're going to be a blessing to many more nations. I guarantee you that, and I speak that as a prophetic word from the Lord, not just uh, say it lightly, and I don't say that everywhere I go. I just uh, I just believe that, I, yeah, I don't know. When I'm here, I feel like I'm in church. I feel like the presence of God is here. And people are walking in the spirit. They're sensitive to each other. And you're just a great bunch. I'm glad to be with you. Now, Pastor Neil mentioned the Pace Setting Leadership Course. We now um, are on 200 college and university campuses with the Pace Setting Leadership Course. That I've taught for some men, including Purdue University. And we are also part of Destiny International College. Uh, part of their master's program is the Pace Setting Leadership course. And you can do that online. Some of our pastors in Michigan have been getting their master's degree uh, through Destiny International. And also, you know, uh, Pastor Neil mentioned in different languages, we now have the pace setting leadership course available as an e-course online and it's not very expensive to do you go through 16 powerful sessions you get the books all the materials and people that have graduated from the pace setting leadership course they say that their lives were launched from that many businesses entrepreneurs pastors that's where they got their training now today I'm here to connect you to an open door to heaven over your life, your family, your work, and whatever it is you put your hand to. 
because I believe we're on the threshold of one of the most colossal mammoth harvests ever in the history of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bob Jones prophesied before he died there's going to be a billion soul harvest in the final hours. Wendy Griffith from CBN said they're getting more calls for salvation than they've ever had in the history of the 700 Club. People are being saved. Why? God is doing something. And what if you, what if you could see exactly what God is doing so you could be a part of it? Can you imagine the benefit of knowing things from the spirit realm? What would that mean to your family? Parents, I can tell you, my daughter growing up said, Dad, you're spooky. Because I would ask her, a word would come to me. Jeep, Jeep. And I'd look at my daughter and say, how was the Jeep ride last night? Dad, you, how do you know that? You know, you'd save your kids a lot of trouble if you knew some things. Supernaturally, right, Mom, Dad? Grandma, Grandpa? And today I'm going to show you how every born-again believer, that means you, if you've come to Jesus Christ, God's Son, accepted what He did on the cross, confessed Him publicly, believe in your heart, God raised Him from the dead. If that's you, I'm going to declare to you that you have the ability to see things others don't see. It all sounded strange to me seven years ago. It doesn't sound strange anymore. Let's stand to our feet and make a declaration, and then we'll go to God's Word. I want you to say this with me. I believe the Bible. It is God's Word. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. I believe that book. It shows me the way to heaven. Through faith in Jesus Christ alone. The Bible is filled with treasures. Promises and assets. That belong to me by faith. Today faith will come. My faith will grow. What is it? Oh and today I will release my faith. For miracles in my life. I declare the devil bound. Unable to pluck up the seed. That's planted in my heart this day. God open the eyes of my understanding. Give me ears to hear what your spirit is saying. Give me a heart to obey. And help Pastor Dave. Preach real simple. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. I love what God is doing here. I wish I could stay a couple weeks. I'm, I, I, all my Sundays are taken till probably April, but I would love it if Mary Jo and I could just sneak up without telling anybody and just be a part of your worship. 
Thank you, Crystal, for leading us today and this team. I, where's the bass player? How in the world can you sing while you're playing the bass? You are amazing. Matthew 13, 15 to 17. I'm reading from the New Living Translation this morning. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they've closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear. And their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But then Jesus went on and said, But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. John 5, verses 19 and 20. Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. One more opening, Proverbs 20, verses, verse 12. Ears to hear and eyes to see, both are gifts from the Lord. The first time I ministered out in California at Harvest Christian Center, it was a Holy Spirit conference, and I was on the venue with Che An, who wrote the book, Say Goodbye to Powerless Christianity. And I was on the venue with Paul Goulet, pastor of the Las Vegas International Church, where the pastor's wife prophesied over Donald Trump before he was president. And I saw things and I heard things that I wasn't accustomed to. Jennifer Ives, who is a published author, Baker House, she has the book, The Handbook for Intercessors, and her second book was Seeing the Supernatural. Jennifer had what they called a Sears Institute in the church. Now that sounded weird to me. A Sears Institute. Because Mormons have Sears. Hindus have Sears. New Age has Sears. Spiritualists have Sears. But I never heard about Sears in the church. Of course, I've heard about prophets. But not Sears. And whenever I come upon something, and this might be a good practice for you too, whenever I come upon something that I don't understand or it's new to me, I never criticize it. I don't just jump in like a, a, an undiscerning apologist and say, this is of the devil, because there's enough people like that. But what I do is I learn all I can about it. 2 Timothy 2.15, Proverbs 1.5. I study God's word on the subject. That's the second thing I do. Psalm 1, 1 to 2, Joshua 1, 8. I want to see what God says about it. I pray, this is number three, I pray to receive heaven's revelation about it. James 1, 5 to 8, Ephesians 1, 16. And then the fourth thing I do is I wait until I have a peace of God before I make a decision on something like that. Colossians 3.15, Isaiah 40.31, and Philippians 
And a couple times in the past 40 years, I didn't follow those sequential four things. And it wasn't very fun. So I began a journey to discover what is a seer and can God's people, you and me, actually see into the spirit realm? Now, do you see that screen right behind me that says Cornerstone Assembly of God? How many can see that? There is all kinds of spiritual activity in the invisible realm going on right now between you and that screen. You may not see it with your natural eyes, but there is a way that God will help us to begin to see things that others cannot see. That's what is meant by eyes to see and ears to hear. So I ask, what is a seer? And can God's people see in the spirit realm and hear in the spirit realm to know things they could never have known any other way? Well, what is a seer? A seer is a class of a prophet because we're told in 1 Samuel 9 that seers or prophets used to be called seers. But yet as we go through the Old Testament, we find both prophets and seers. So seers are operating in a prophetic gift, but only the modality is a little different. Somebody that operates in a prophetic gift, that we say prophet or prophesies, they'll say things like, I heard from the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. The Lord is saying this to me right now. I'm getting this impression from the Lord right now. That's the way a prophet talks. The way a seer talks is, I'm seeing that the Lord is doing something. They, they deal with dreams and visions and pictures that come before their eyes. That's a seer. I believe that, that Judy has a seer gift. You see, God has strategies in heaven for everything we face on earth. And when she was trying to get John saved and getting in his face and nagging him and all, nothing worked. And God showed her a picture how God was trying to throw a pie in John's face. But Judy kept getting in the way. That was the picture she had. Judy speaks in pictures. She sees things, strategies in the spirit, in pictures. Others get strategies from the Spirit. I had a word from the Lord the other night. And so if most of the strategies you get from heaven are in visions and dreams, you probably have a seer gifting. If you hear from God and you get a lot of prayer thoughts back when you're praying and when you're reading the Bible, all of a sudden things pop out at you, you might be considered the prophet side of the prophet rather than the seer side of the prophet. But I discovered that in the Old Testament, Samuel was a seer, Samuel 9. He answered, verse 19, I am the seer. And he was absolutely amazing at the things he saw. He told people, now on your way home, you're going to run into a group of prophets. 
And here's what you do. Now on your way home, you're going to, don't worry about that donkey you were looking for. It's already been found. He, he didn't see it in the natural. He saw it in the spirit. He spoke it. It became a seer's prophetic word. And everything he said, it said, that's what it says. Everything he said came to pass because he could see. You find David had seers. He had Gad the seer and Nathan the prophet. Elisha was a seer prophet. Elijah was more of a prophet prophet. Elisha was more of a seer prophet because he could see things others couldn't see. But he also heard things. He could hear things going on in the king's bedroom. The enemy king. And so he'd report it to the Israeli king. He'd have the enemy's battle plans. Top secret. And he'd share them with the, his king. And finally, they got fed up. They said, it's that prophet. He's telling all our secrets. He's even in our bedroom at night. Here's our whispers. Let's go get him. And so the whole army, the whole enemy army comes to town and Elisha's servant said, oh, they're all around us. We're trapped. What are we going to do? And Elisha said, oh, Lord, lift the veil off his eyes and let him see. And then all of a sudden he saw all the flaming chariots and angels around. He says, Master, there's more of us than there are of them. Nobody else could see it until the veil was lifted. And then he could see in to the spiritual realm what's really going on. Jeremiah was a seer prophet. Ezekiel was a seer prophet. And then we come to the New Testament. And we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the gift of discerning of spirits. And many times Christians believe that's the gift of suspicion. Or that's a gift of being critical. Or that's the gift of judging everybody. No, it's the gift of seeing through. And Paul said that we are to pray for the best gifts. And what are the best gifts? What gift do you need at the moment? Do you need a seeing through? That could be the gift of the seer in the New Testament because the gift of discerning of spirits is seeing through. Paul saw the third heaven. He had a seer encounter. Traveled right to heaven. Came back to tell about it. I have a friend that went to heaven and back. It's a missionary you support. Jim Peterson. Died in Nairobi, Kenya. He was ministering in Tanzania, got Belharzia, and was in the hospital in Nairobi. And when you go to the hospital in Nairobi, you die. That's the kind of people that go to the hospital. They die. He went to heaven and he said, oh, Dave, you should have seen it. The streets aren't paved with gold. They're made of gold. And he said, there's so much familiarity. Uh, he said, there's a whole row of, of entertainment places, you know, where you can go at night and go during the day. And, and let's say um, Crystal 
Crystal, Crystal's Palace. And she's going to play music. And all the music in these concerts honor Jesus. And I said, well, who comes to the concerts? Well, people that are in heaven, but especially angels. They entertain angels. You've read that scripture about entertaining angels. And Jim didn't know what he was going to do. And he, he walked into this coffee shop in heaven. I was so happy to hear that. <laughs> I was so happy to hear that. There, you see, there's a lot of familiarity in heaven. Earth is supposed to be a reflection of heaven. Just as you and I are supposed to be reflections of Jesus. And so he, he was wondering what he was going to do about his ministry and where it was going. And he didn't have the plan or the strategy. And so he sat in this coffee shop and who walked in? The man with scars in his hands and feet. He said, I looked and Jesus walked in. He was wearing Levi's. And he sat down and said, Jim, I, I want to talk to you. And he took a napkin and a flare pen. He said, I know you've been worried about this next assignment I've given you. But you're going back and on that napkin, Jesus wrote out a heavenly strategy for Jim and Becky. Jim can't tell everybody that, but I feel safe telling you here. I sat with Jim two hours and I said, tell me more. And Mary Jo and I are just drawing, answering questions and we feel the spirit of God because Jim was, is one of our most successful, fruitful missionaries in all of history and he doesn't lie. Jesus gave him the strategy and and showed him other things around heaven that are, are just beautiful. Some of the buildings are 1,400 miles high. You think there's not room for everybody? And I know people criticize that, and I probably would have 30 years ago. But I don't anymore because it happened to St. Paul. Paul went to heaven. Now, I believe that discernment is really important for us because it's our lifeline. Hebrews 5.14, that's not discerning of spirits. That's using good discernment when you have a supernatural encounter to know whether it's from God, whether it's from a demon, or whether it's from your own imagination. Your imagination is not bad and it's not good, but sometimes it can be one or the other. I would preach at Mount Hope and there was a guy. He would come up to me after the service and he'd say, Pastor, he said, while you're preaching, there's two angels with you. He said, I can see them. There's one on your left and one on your right. And wherever you walk, they walk with you. And I thought, well... Thank you for that encouragement, but I'm thinking he's a little goofy. Because I never saw him. Sometimes I felt an unusual presence while I was preaching, like I do today. But I didn't see him. I didn't peer into the spirit realm and see him. But he was. And the more I got to know that guy, the more I realized he had a gift of discerning of spirits and he really was seeing in the spirit realm. Just 
a few weeks ago, I was preaching in a church, and oh, it was powerful. You know, I, I preached and had prophetic words, and usually when I have a prophetic word, I don't say, Thus saith the Lord! You know, I weave it right into my message, and it, it penetrates people's hearts, so I don't have to, you know, blow a horn or, you know, get a bullhorn or anything like that. And I'm preaching along, and I have a word from the Lord. It's coming to me very strong, and I'm seeing something in the spirit realm. And I begin to speak to it. After the service, you know, we had, we had an altar call. People came to Jesus, a lot of deliverance, a lot of healing. And I saw this one guy, and I walked up to him, and I said, God has given you a prophetic anointing, and he wants to train you in the prophetic because... He's got a big plan for you. He said, oh, man, somebody else told me the same thing, and I know it on the inside. I've got to get busy on that. Start learning it so you know how to do it properly. And then the pastor's daughter, just this sweet girl, she was afraid to talk to me, so she, she talked to Mary Jo at dinner afterwards, and she said, uh, Mrs. Williams, she said, Nothing like this has ever happened. But while your husband was preaching, I saw two angels, one on his left and one on his right. And everywhere he walked, the angels walked with him. The same thing that the guy at Mount Hope was seeing when I was preaching. And Mary Jo said, tell Dave, tell Dave. And so she told me, she was, she was kind of, you know, I don't want him to think I'm crazy. Well, I've had things that I haven't told people because I don't want him to think I'm crazy. And at the right time, I'll, I'll release the words. But it's important that we have, every born-again believer should have the ability and does have the ability, if that ability is activated, to receive input from the invisible spiritual realm. That's why discernment is critical. And we get discernment by reading God's word. Read it through every year, all the way from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. Every year. And you will develop discernment. You'll see things others don't see. If people are casual about God's word, then the chances of them seeing things and hearing things become slimmer. But all of us have the ability in us, and I'm going to prove it to you today. I don't know if you've heard of Doug Addison, the prophet. Doug Addison, when he was, I think, 42 years old, diagnosed with Huntington's disease. He had lost 12 family members to Huntington's. It's a genetic thing. There's no cure for it. Once it's diagnosed, you'll be dead in a year, maybe two, but that's it. He was 42. His mother died. His sister died. His cousins died. It just hit the family hard. And then he's 42. He diagnosed. He's got it. They say it's a 50-50 chance, but his family, it was 100%. Everybody had. His dad was electrocuted when he was young, and his mother raised him, and then his mother, and she was a good word of faith woman. She believed the Bible, spoke the word, and but she didn't know about this prophetic realm. But Doug, when he was 42, he had learned about the prophetic realm. 
He had learned about seeing into the spiritual realm and getting strategies from heaven. Heaven has a strategy for everything in your life. And he said, God, I need a strategy. And in prayer, in the spirit, from that other world, came an eight-point strategy. Now, faith is when you take action on the word. And do you know what the word is? When it talks about the sword of the spirit being the word, it's rhema. Not logos. Logos, the general word. It's a rhema word that you get from God for a specific situation. Then you have the sword. You can cut disease out in the spirit. You can cut habits out in the spirit. Cut things out when you have a rhema strategy from heaven. So Doug followed that eight point strategy and was healed. He's 59 years old now, has not had a symptom of Huntington's disease. He is what's called a medical anomaly. They keep calling him back to the Berkeley Medical Center in California to say, we got to test you because maybe if we can figure out what you did, we'll be able to help others that have Huntington's. They says, we've never seen this before. That's their way of saying miracle, medical anomaly. Now, the thing is, he still has the gene. He still has the gene, no symptoms, no death. He got a strategy from heaven. And there is a strategy from heaven for your family, for your marriage, for your finances, for your children. There's a strategy from heaven for your business, your work, your church, your ministry. There's a strategy from heaven and it has to be a rhema strategy. And a rhema strategy is a God-spoken specific strategy for your situation. I'm not going to tell on John and Judy anymore. But sometimes I think it's Judy that gets the heaven sent strategies for O'Leary Paint Company. Tells John. John says, no, 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 no. Two weeks later, it happens just the way Judy prophesied. Am I telling the truth, though? Husbands, listen to your wives. Sometimes they have. <laughs> Preach it, she said. Sometimes they have strategies. So is it possible for ordinary people like you and me to penetrate that spirit realm to see things, to get strategies, to speak words? There was this young African-American guy. He worked where I worked before I was a pastor. I worked at a power company and, and I liked this guy. He was, seemed to be a nice guy. I really liked him. I called him by his first name, Billy. And Billy, it seemed like over time just got worse and worse. Alcohol and drugs. And Next thing you know, his teeth are falling out. And finally, he got fired because He'd, he'd come to work drunk and all. I grabbed him. I ran out to the parking lot and I grabbed him. Pretend you're Billy. Come here. I grabbed him before he left and I said, Billy, you listen to me. 
I said, God is going to get a hold of you. Jesus is going to get you. And God is going to use you greatly in the years ahead. And that's the last thing I want to say to you, Billy. Other than it's nice knowing you and goodbye. <laughs> he had to go. I was staying. Well, I, I go into ministry. I become a pastor. About seven years later, you know, I'm given the altar call. And and after the altar call time, this, this distinguished-looking black gentleman walked up to me and he said, Pastor Dade, you know who I am. He smiled all of his teeth. Got his teeth back. I said, I said, no. And he said, I'm Billy. He said, when you spoke those words over me in the parking lot, when I got fired from the Board of Water and Light, he said, every day, all I could hear you saying is, Billy, God's going to get a hold of you. Jesus is going to use you in the days ahead. See, the words that I spoke became rhema to Billy even before he knew Jesus. And he met Jesus and he was on the path to becoming a minister himself now. The words you speak are so powerful. That's why I'm so excited about the Feast of Tabernacles. Pastor Brenda said, no complaining, no speaking negative words during this time. Every born-again person has the ability to receive input from the invisible. Invisible. But discernment is our life preserver in these days. Now, why do we need discernment? Acts 16, 18, there was a demon-possessed lady advertising Paul and his team. Hey, these guys are going to show you the way to heaven. Listen to them. But she had a demon. Now, most people would say, yeah, hey, thanks for advertising the revival service. But Paul discerned something different. He got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left. What if you knew the clip-on demons some people have and you could pull them off? I ministered at uh, Suncoast Cathedral last September. Yeah, I guess it's been about a year now. It doesn't seem that long. And I took my uh, intercessors. And man, when I went back in the internet, and that, that church has had problems. Pastors, moral problems over and over again. Uh, Rip-off artists coming to the church. And now, for the past eight years, they've had a really good, solid, Christ-exalting pastor. But there's the church just was stuck in the mud. Seemed like if something good would happen, two times bad would happen. And I, I would go there, and I, I could discern it. And the pastor had come through my pastor's school, and so I told him I would do a fall revival there service there. So I was there for five nights, and yeah, we started discerning things. My intercessors are in there, and I, I walked into the intercessory room after one of the services, and they're all sweating, their hair's all messed up, and they look all worn out. For 14 hours, they were warring. God showed them this huge snake principality that was right under the church, controlling everything, sending out little minions. And that snake, that serpent, didn't want to leave. But they, 14 hours, 14 hours, they used rhema words 
against that foul thing, and it slithered out from under the church and, and went down the went down the road. And when it did, you could smell sulfur everywhere. After that, a peace and a joy came over the church. Mary Jo and I were there in February again, and we had breakfast with the pastor and his wife, and the pastor's wife said to me, Pastor Dave, thank you. I have a brand new husband. The pressures he faced for eight years straight, embezzlement, you name it, was going. Peace came over the church. Salvation was opened up to people again. Healing was released. And it was just a miracle time, but... Those intercessors had to see something. They had to be prophetic intercessors. See something that others couldn't see. That others even in the church couldn't see. And they dug it out in the spirit. Using the sword of the spirit. That, that rhema. Because you're going to run into strange things. And you know what I'd like to see here? I'd like to see a group of prophets and seers. That, that could practice under. I don't mean Pastor Brenda has to be there. Or Pastor Neil has to be there. But uh, what I do mean is you have to be under them because most people that have a seer gift or a prophet gift don't know the proper New Testament protocol or ethics of using that gift. A prophet is not over a pastor in a local church. Now, somebody, you can, there's, there's really four levels of this prophetic gift and the foundation is the word of God. The prophecy of the word is not for any private interpretation. But then there is the spirit of prophecy when sometimes the spirit of prophecy will come on and people will prophesy they, they never prophesied before. But then there's a second level that, that's the gift of prophecy that is a charismatic, a charis gift, a charismatic gift that people can speak into other people's lives, words of encouragement, comfort, or edification. And then... If a person is faithful in that gift of prophecy, God may move them up to, it's not a charismatic gift, it's called a doma gift, it's a totally different word, into the ministry of a prophet where you have national influence or greater influence than just in your local community. Somebody said, how long does it take to go from the, uh, the gift of prophecy to being a prophet? Well, James Gould said, oh, about 15 years of being faithful in the gift of prophecy and the gift of seeing in the spirit. But I, I've, and you, I'm sure you've seen crazy things and you need to discern them. I went to a charismatic prayer meeting one time and a lady's going, I'm seeing Jesus and he is wearing blue. Which means there is somebody here that's thinking about getting a tattoo. You know. And then, yeah, I was, I was in, I couldn't believe it. You know, in the late 70s, they came out with what was called judgment prophecies. Rhyming judgment prophecies. People get together and judge each other. I am here and you are here. And I saw you drink that beer, saith the Lord. And people are getting all goofed up. I didn't have a beer. Yes, you did. Don't argue with the Lord. <laughs> Yea, saith the Lord. 
Thou art to invest $15,000 in my scheme. <laughs> you see why discernment is important? I knew a guy that left a great job because some prophet said, you're to leave your job and go minister to the Native Americans. And this guy, not having any discernment, just believing, oh, the prophet told me that, left his job, went to work on a reservation and failed. Last I knew, he was on welfare and suing people, trying to sue people. He'd try to have wrecks and sue people so he could get enough to live on. That's sick. How would you like to be able to see into the spirit realm? How would you like to be able to have heavenly strategies? I really believe you can do it, but we have to understand the counterfeit by learning the genuine. I know it's not always choosing things that look good. Lot chose what looked good. I'm going to choose that over there. That's the best of the land. Look where it took him. He lost everything. Because it looked good. And those that can't get over into the spirit realm are those that don't honor their, or respect God's presence. Or they place something ahead of God. They judge only by natural sight. There is an invisible realm and God said we can see it. He's given us ears to hear and eyes to see. We can hear what the Spirit is saying. If we couldn't, why would Jesus say seven times, He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Why would he say, I've given you eyes to see and ears to hear, and they're a gift from the Lord? I want to share a scripture. And show you how much Jesus wants to even manifest himself to you. Do you know, I believe some of, some of you have run into Jesus. And you didn't even know it. Here's what Jesus said in John 14, 21. He said, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Yes. He said, if we place a priority on loving Jesus, loving his word, loving the Father, Jesus said, I will manifest myself to him. What is the word for manifest? Emphanizo. You know what that means? It means exhibit, appear, show. Because we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. Mel Bond, I don't know if you have you heard of Mel Bond? He, he's a Native American preacher uh, out in Nevada, I believe. Very poverty. He was on Sid Roth's. Have you ever seen Sid Roth's The Supernatural? Because uh, Mel Bond has discerning of spirits. He can tell where. Every demon may be hurting your body and pull it off of you. And when Mel was just young going into the ministry, he went to a conference where there would be some big names. And they promised they were going to have an impartation time. And he just, oh boy, the big names are going to lay their hands on me. 
the big names are going to lay their hands on me. And so it comes to the end of the conference and they were going to do it a different way. They said, I want everybody to turn around and find one person and you're going to minister to each other an impartation. And uh, we're going to do that too, the, the big guys, when they call the big guys. People you would know if I said their names. And so Mel said, I'm going to get up there and get one of the big guys to lay hands on me. And, and he got out of his seat and he ran up and they were already taken by others. And then he, he, he looked down that row to see if there was maybe a, a second big name, a second line. No, they were all taken. Pretty soon he looked around. Everybody already had a partner. And he looked in the back and there was a, a janitor sitting there. He was the only one that didn't have a partner. And Mel said, oh, no. I don't want to get an impartation by a janitor, but he's the only one left. And so he went back there and he said, hi, my name is Mel. Uh, is there anything I can pray with you about? So there he's sitting with this janitor. The janitor, very pleasant. Mel prayed for him. And the janitor said, now, Mel, let me pray for you. He put his hand on Mel and he said it was like lightning struck him. It was like radio waves or something going through his body. It was like he was being electric. He said it was the most powerful prayer that anybody had ever prayed over. And he, he looked at the janitor and said, thank you. And started to walk back to his seat and thought he should thank the janitor one more time. Turned around and he was gone. And he said, I turned around just within a few seconds and he said, the doors were 40 feet away from where that guy was sitting. And he said, I'll bet that was an angel. Well, a couple years later, Mel was having an encounter where Jesus appeared to him. And, you know, I believe that can happen if Jesus can manifest himself to you. And he's talking to Mel, getting some things straightened out. And he said, Mel, do you remember that janitor that prayed for you? Mel said, oh, yeah, Lord, I, I think that was an angel. And Jesus looked at him and said, Mel, that was me. And Jesus vanished. How many times have, is it possible that we missed a manifestation of Jesus because we were only looking with our natural eyes and not our spiritual eyes. God is bringing this church not just to a new level, but a whole new dimension. When you speak to people, your words are going to be like rhema to their hearts. People are going to be delivered of most unusual things. I believe that with all my heart. But what do we have to do? I, I'm going to stop. I always like to respect time. I said, if I, if, if I have more, I'll do it at the next service. But just let me give you a little plan. Number one, if you want to see in the spirit, hear in the spirit, you have to know and receive the real Jesus. How many know there are counterfeit Jesuses out there? Counterfeit Christs. 2 Corinthians 11.4 Someone comes and preaches another Jesus, carries another spirit. Why do you receive him? I'm not talking about the Christ.
consciousness that New Agers and Hindus and yogis talk about. The Kundalini awakening or the enlightenment or the mindfulness. I'm not talking about that Jesus. That is a counterfeit Jesus that can do nothing for you. I'm talking about the real Jesus. I'm not talking about the Jesus of Hinduism who is Issa. I'm not talking about the Jesus who is one of many gods and he's only the God of this planet. I'm not talking about the Jesus who became the Christ. I'm talking about the Jesus Christ who is both God and man. I'm talking about Jesus Christ who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Blessed Virgin Mary, lived a sinless life, performed miracles, went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. I'm talking about the Jesus that died carrying your sin and my sin on the cross with him. The Jesus that was buried dead. The Jesus that rose from the dead on the third day. The Jesus who gave instructions in the Great Commission. And the Jesus who ascended to heaven. And the Jesus who promised to come back again. That's the Jesus I'm worshiping. People can take the Christ consciousness if they want. I'll take Jesus Christ. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe number two honor God's word daily Hebrews 4 12 you'll find that when you intentionally put God's word in your spirit mind and life you're going to get into a position where God can trust you with discerning of spirits and seeing into the spirit realm one year I read the Bible in three months and I got more prophetic words at the end of that three months than I ever got in my life. In fact, I was able to make a, a sweep of some of the people in our church that the, the Lord showed me were, um, were more like an anchor than an engine to drive the church. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's, it's like this. If you don't let them go, they infect other people. And I had to let a couple people go that I didn't want to. They were my friends, but they were dragging us down. But I saw it in the spirit. And I, I said, Lord, um, confirm it with some sort of manifestation in their lives. And they manifested. But you'll be the happiest person in the world when you read God's word, trust God's word, and start honoring the supernatural. If you have a dream at night and you think it might mean something, get up and write it down. You don't have to understand everything about it. If you have a little vision or a thought that comes back to you while you're praying, write it down. Honor the supernatural and God will increase it in your life. You know what our problem is? Most of us talk too much. We talk more than we listen. I could talk, I could, I, honestly, I could talk for another hour on this, but I'm not going to. Thank you, somebody said. <laughs> so, number two, number one, make sure you know the real Jesus. Number two, read the Bible and honor it, honor the supernatural. Number three is if, if you can find three or four or five, eight people 
that are interested in growing in the prophet's seer gift. Get together under somebody that the pastor approves because I guarantee you, I promise you, if you're a prophet or a seer, God is not calling you to say, let me tell you everything's wrong about this church. Never. You are under the pastor. Now in 15 years, when you become a prophet and you have national significance and people are listening to you on a national or global scale, you might be able to speak into the pastor's life. But until then, you're operating in the gift of prophecy and discerning of spirits, and you are under your pastor. God put Pastor Brenda there for a reason. She oversees. So you've you got to have somebody that honors the pastor to lead a group. And do you know what I believe? That Cornerstone Assembly of God, Beulah, Michigan, could become the whole prophetic center of Michigan. We're training prophets and seers right now. We've got a school. That's why Mary Jo couldn't be here. Today is she's teaching in the prophet seers school that we're doing at the, uh, Pace, the, the uh, Center for Pace Sitting Leadership. Because we're training up good people who will support their pastors and be able to speak into the lives. And why I say establish a group of a few people you can get together, maybe 15, 30 minutes a week, an hour a week, where you worship God, get in his presence, let the glory come down and begin to prophesy. See things. Ask God to show you. Have not because you ask not. In the Old Testament, they had regional and local groups of prophets. Samuel was activifying, activifying, active, activating the prophets. Saul sent his troops. The troops got in the prophetic zone, fell off their horses, and started prophesying. So Saul sent another group of troops. They got in the zone where Samuel is activating with the young prophets, and they fall off their horses and start prophesying. Finally, Saul himself went, I'm going, I can't stand. He, he, Saul's riding along. He's going to get David. He got in the prophetic zone and fell off his horse. And, and even worse, he took off his clothes and started prophesying. Now, that won't happen to you. But we got to be doers of the word, not hearers only, because when Jesus comes, Every eye is going to see him. We're told in Isaiah that everyone who has eyes will be able to see the truth. And everyone with ears will be able to hear it. And Paul said, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift that you may be established. I, I love your pastor. I love Pastor Neil and Deborah, Brian the workers in this church and the people of this church are some of the most genuine people I've ever known in my life. You remind me a lot of Jesus. You're servant-hearted, teachable, and you just have a heart for Jesus. And I pray that Jesus manifest himself to you in ways, maybe some little old man you're helping across the road. And one day Jesus will tell you, that was me. And you never knew it. I want you to have discernment. I want you to have encounters. I want you to see 
here and encounter things in the Spirit you've never encountered before. So begin to ask the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time you've given us. I've shared what you've asked me to share, and I pray for every person in this room. And while our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, nobody's looking around. First of all, I want to know for sure that you know everything is okay between you and God, because that's the starting point. If you're here today and you know everything is okay, there's not a sin, nothing between you and God now. Everything is clear. You're ready to meet him, and you know it. Lift your hand way up high. You remember the time when you confessed Christ. Thank you. You may put your hands down. Now, some didn't raise their hands because they're not sure. I'm here to help you open the heavens over this church. That was my assignment from God. And I can help you if you respond. You want to make sure that everything is okay between you and God. At the count of three, slip your hands up. I'm going to pray a prayer with you. One, two, three. Right now. Everyone with that raised hand, stand your feet right now. Stand your feet and come down here with me so I can pray that prayer with you just like I promised. Okay, yeah, come on down. It's okay. It's, it's all right. Listen, maybe you've known God for a while, but you back, you slid back a little bit. This is the time to renew it. And I'm not going to... I'm not going to say, I'm going to leave these altars open. Oh, nope, they're closing in 10 seconds. If you want in on this prayer, you got to get in now. Don't let the hot flashes, the fear, the pride stop you. And I'm proud of you guys for coming up. Because you, you, got, you guys know Jesus. But now you want to go to another level, right? But we're going to pray the prayer of salvation anyway. The prayer, I'm coming back to you, God. Say it with me, and you have to mean it from your heart. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. And I'm sorry for every sin I've ever committed. I'm sorry that I've ignored your word, that I've ignored your spirit. But I believe you died for me. Taking my sins with you on the cross. And I believe in my heart you were raised from the dead. And right now I come back to you, Jesus. I want to have a seer gift. I want to have a prophetic gift. So you can use me in the days ahead in a powerful way. In Jesus' name. I'm saved. I'm back right with you. My sins are forgiven. Everything's okay. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Was it that simple? Hey, Jesus just hit the clear button on your sin calculator. There's a big zero there right now. How about that? Amen. Now I'm going to turn it back. Because Pastor Brenda is going to have ministers up here that are going to minister to you if you need healing, deliverance. Maybe you would like a seer gift or a seer impartation. You know, that that's really possible. God bless you and thank you so much for your love and your concern.